Welcome back to another episode of the Estonian Football Podcast. We are delighted to be joined by goalkeeper Andreas Weikler. Thanks for coming on, Andreas. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. Uh, so we've been following your career now for a few years. Uh, it's kind of an interesting career. Uh, you were born and raised in Canada. So how did you get involved in playing football? Um, probably just through my schoolmates and my neighbours. You know, we played soccer, they played soccer. So I just wanted to go hang out with them and play some sports and eventually kind of just fell in love with the game. Were you interested in other sports as well? Or was it predominantly football? I'd say football was like the always the, the main focus, but I played every single sport growing up. So whether it was American football, basketball, softball, volleyball, and I still like love all those sports to this day. And so whenever I get the chance, I do go play some volleyball or beach volleyball or go play some basketball. And I think when you look at North American goalkeepers, I think, or North America in general, they bring out a lot of goalkeepers. If you look like Matt Turner's and the whoever it is, Dane Sinclair's, they're, they all usually probably play a lot of sports and they're a lot of hand sports. And so it translates really well to becoming a goalkeeper. Did you always want to be a goalkeeper when you started playing? Not like the first couple years, I think. But then in 2004, my family took a trip to Estonia and Mark Poom was obviously the legend. And so I saw his billboards everywhere and he was like an idol at that point. And so I was like, wow, I want to I want to become a goalkeeper, too, then. So I told my dad to go buy me a pair of gloves and go kick the ball at me. And from playing all these other sports and my friends were a bit older, I was able to I had a good hand eye coordination. And so I kind of adapted to the position pretty seamlessly. And from there, it just blossomed into a career. Because, yeah, you got your first move going to the Premier League Academy, didn't you, with West Brom? That's it. How, how did all that come about? So from being in Estonia, um, my dad made some connections within there and spoke to some people. And so I had a couple stints where I could just go train because the training levels in Canada weren't very good and there wasn't really a high level of training. And so then we had a, I was in the provincial team, actually. I was trying out for the provincial team. So in Canada, there's provinces and I'm in Ontario. I got cut from the provincial team. I didn't make the team. And then about two months later, the Estonian under 16 national team called for a tryout. And I was like, all right, well, our just summer season just ended here. Let's go. Uh, we went there for two weeks to train. Then I went on the trial, did well. Then I went to Ireland with the national team, played a game. West Brom scout thought I was not bad, a big, tall Estonian goalkeeper. All right, let's bring him on trial. Done all right on trial, and they offered a contract. Nice. What, what, what's it like, you know, that you said about the facilities and, like, the Canadian youth going into a Premier League academy? Was that like a culture shock, seeing all the facilities there? Yeah, it was... It was huge. Like, it was amazing, though. I mean, I, when I heard I came back from trial and they're going to – I get to play soccer every day and I get paid to do it, I was like, sign me up. Let's do it. And But the the level was a very big transition period. I think it took probably about six months to get used to it because you're coming from playing, let's say, at your local team to going to a Premier League academy. You're going from training twice a week to training two times a day now. 
And those guys have been doing it for now five years. I'm just getting into it. So, yeah, there was a bit, little bit of a catching up period. But, like, I enjoyed it all the time playing football there. It was like that high level, playing all those nice pitches, is that's the dream. Was it an easy decision? Obviously, going to a Premier League team, you know, nine times out of ten, people would say yes. But going from Canada to England, was there part of you that says, oh, I don't really want to do that? No, there was always, from, from I think when I went to Estonia and I saw Mark Poom, I'm like, I want to play professional soccer. And, you know, when you're in school and everyone has to do like the little career things and write down what you want to be, everyone writes soccer player. And so that was always in the back of my mind. And that was always my dream. And so when I had this opportunity and I knew once I had an opportunity, I would take it. And so from there, I, I wanted to grab this opportunity with two hands and make the most out of it. It was you went you went to Sweden after, didn't you, from West Brom to North Shotland, That's right. wasn't it? That's right. How how many years were you at West Brom? I was there for two years. Two so years. the academy, so sixteen to eighteen. Yeah, and then into North Shopping, where you won a championship. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. Um, West Brom, I knew they were going to really offer me a contract, a new one, because after the academy, you probably either sign a pro contract or you move on. Um, throughout the academy, there was four goalkeepers, one from the Arsenal Academy, one from their academy. And so those guys were pushed a bit ahead of me all the time. And so I was always like the third, fourth choice, not getting that many games. But I always felt like I could play at that level. I always trained with the under-21s often. My friends were there in 21s. We did finishing all the time. Kamar Roof, we did a lot of finishing with Kamar Roof, if you guys know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at that point, at 18, I, I didn't want to play at the under-21 level. I didn't want to go to a developmental team. I wanted to go play first-team football. And, you know, I think that was the best thing for development. Um, yeah, they took a chance on me as an 18-year-old kid. And I really thought that was a big stepping stone as well for my career. Apart from, like, obviously Sweden, did you have any other offers? Or was it predominantly that No, region? I didn't. Like... It was, I went on a lot of trials in between, let's say, the last six months of my West Brom career or, you know, so I went to Aberdeen. They wanted to sign me. Uh, Hibernian, I went on there on trial. There was a couple other, there was a couple like Stevenage. I think I went there too, you know, small teams here and there. And then after that, when I came home, I had to go to the national team and but fortunately enough, North Shopping reached out to my agent. I went on trial there, done well, and yeah, the rest is history. When you were at North Shopping, obviously you won, you won the championship, but you, you didn't play any games that season, right? But no. then the, the next year, you, you had a run of, what was it, something like 12 games where you played and you never lost. Whilst, That's right. When, when you were put back to the bench, was, was that kind of like a kicking the balls kind of feeling or yeah it was probably the worst like it, especially when you're a young kid I felt like I, I don't know for me I had a little bit of an ego as well you know you get mad you want like like looking back at it you probably could just relax and you know live your life and okay sit on the bench and take your time and keep playing but for me I was yeah I was very upset like I felt like I was doing well I was undefeated in the league, but they said, oh, you're too young. And there was a new coach that came in and maybe it was. But you have to also realize it from a coach's perspective that he's coming into a new team. And can he trust a 19 year old goalkeeper with his own career? Or is he going to bring in a 31 year old that has this experience? And now, OK, I have faith in this guy to not make a mistake because I did make a mistake when he first came in. And now that's maybe his first impression of me. And maybe that sticks with him. And 
that's what happened. It is what it is. Is it like when you make a mistake, it's harder to then convince the coach or like, because obviously everyone makes mistakes, but as people say, goalkeepers, you make one mistake and then it's always remembered. Yeah, I think um, they're, especially your first impressions are very important regardless of what it is, whether you're on the pitch and it's your first game in front of a manager or the first time meeting your girlfriend's parents, the first impression is always going to stick with that person. And that's where they're going like, to, that's your baseline now of what you expect. So let's say I had an amazing game and then I made a mistake three games later. It's like, oh, well, that's not normal. Like he's usually a very good goalkeeper. But now if I make a mistake the first game, it's whenever that mistake happens again, it's, oh, he made a mistake again. Oh, this is the normal thing now. And it's an unfortunate thing, but this is the reality we live in. And I'm not, I'm not going to be mad at it. I just got to, you got to adapt to it. Did you get a medal for the championship season despite not playing? Yeah, I still got a medal. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what did you think of the fans in Sweden? I was in Sweden in November yeah. and I watched a Hamabi game. And I thought it was absolutely mental, like the, oh, yeah. like the atmosphere. So what did you think of it out there? I loved it. Like that was the best part of playing. Like that's real professional football, in my opinion, when you get to play in front of the crowd. So my first Al Svenskan start was against Hammerby. Okay. But it was at our home. But still, yeah. you know, they're they're away fans are rowdy. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was so nervous the whole week <laughs> leading up to that game. But it was also just thinking like if I do my best and I'm focused and I can, you know, just put my best effort out there, then I'll be okay. And just pretend to be, even fake it till you make it, pretend to be confident, you know, stick your chest out and yeah. good things will happen. And I had a good game and we won the game. Would you say the Swedish fans are the best fans you've played in front of? Yeah, for sure. There's no there's no comparison in my career, yeah. especially the North Shopping fans. Like it's quality and it's the same everywhere. If you look at whether it's Toronto FC or North Shopping, it's if a team's doing well, people are going to come to the games. They want to support a winning team. And we were winning. We won the league one year and the next year we're competing. We're second, first, third, kind of in that area. So, yeah, the fans are great. And especially when you live in a small, smaller city where it's like 150,000 North Shopping, the best feeling is when you're walking in the grocery store and you hear someone whispering your name and then you see it's like like three little kids kind of like looking at you or something. Like those are like the best feelings for me. Yeah, nice one. Uh, you got your first Estonia cap playing for North Shopping. Was it always going to be Estonia or did I, you spoke about Estonia in the 16s and you played all the way up under 21s and all that. Was it always Estonia or was there thoughts of playing for Canada as well? Yeah, so after um, I made my debut for Estonia, Canada did call me and then we had a discussion with the club as well at North Shopping and they wanted me to stay with Estonia as well because of just travel times and they had a different international breaks. The other big factor was travel. So Estonia was an hour flight away while Canada was eight hours away. And, you know, I went through the whole program of Estonia. So I did feel like a, a loyalty to them at that time when I was 19. And I felt like there was a pathway. Like at 19, I'm the second choice goalkeeper. And okay, like I'm the next one up. So that was definitely in the back of my mind looking and maybe in some hindsight you don't you never you know Alfonso Davies wasn't a player yet Jonathan David wasn't a player the golden generation didn't come to fruition yeah. yet but uh you know it is what it is I had my career I had some great experiences with the 
with the national team and they're the ones that really like were the catalyst for my entire professional career without them I wouldn't have gone to West Brom and wouldn't have become a professional footballer so it was just friendlies you played of Estonia wasn't it yeah for the so, seniors so, so you are allowed to switch to Canada if, if they call yeah I am w- would you consider that yeah I would definitely consider that it's definitely a much harder task now I'd say they, you know, Canada has some excellent goalkeepers playing in the MLS. And that means that if you want to be called up, you got to be playing in the MLS and be better than them. And that's the only fair way to do it. And for me to get to that level, it's still going to take a look. It's a couple roadblocks away, but who knows? Can you speak Estonian? Yeah, I can speak it. Not completely fluently anymore because, you know, I don't speak it every day, yeah. but I always I talk, I still talk to my grandma in Estonian, so that's my uh, that's my tutor. Yeah, yeah. And I got I got to keep the language just so I can uh, just still hang out with her. Cool, awesome. Uh, so after a few years in Finland and Norway, you then went to play in Estonia. Um, right. Did you ever consider playing? Because obviously, the standard in Estonia is not as good as it is in say Sweden, Finland, Norway. Did right. you ever consider going there? No, honestly, not really. Um, that was after I played with North Shipping for a second stint. And then in January, I was looking for another move. But my agent stopped talking to me maybe the third week of January. And now I'm kind of stuck in a situation where I need to find a new agent. Players are, like teams are already finding their new goalkeepers. And they're already in that process. You know, already the January window is a bit of a smaller window for most clubs. So you have really just like the Scandic clubs that are um, in their big off season. And then in the middle of February, I got a call from them. And so I was speaking to a UK agent actually. And the idea was to play until the summer and then look for a move abroad somewhere else, let's say in Denmark or England or wherever, something else where the, the summer window is bigger. But Then obviously COVID hit and then I had to have hip surgery as well. So those plans kind of diminished. How how did you find Narva? Because obviously it's completely different, the Tallinn. And was that Uh, like a shock for you as well? That was probably the biggest, that was probably the biggest culture shock I've ever had in my life. Felt like I went back into the Soviet Union almost. Yeah, yeah. And it's not when I when I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna go to Estonia, but then you go to Narva, and no one even speaks Estonian there. Everyone kind of speaks Russian. Yeah. Um. The even the first day, I remember I walk into the changing room, and you know they're the metal containers. And yeah. I walk in, and um, I ask them like, "Where's the physio room? Like, where can I go warm up and you know foam roll?" They're like, there's no physio room. This is it. And there's just like 25 guys like in this like little like container. And I was like, all right, like this is what I got myself into. Like, let's figure (laughs) it out. Then you go onto the field and the field is like rock solid. And it was definitely a interesting experience for sure. A a growing experience. And if when you go through things like that, anything else can't really phase you anymore. (laughs) We've, we've got a friend who's like the biggest Narva Ultra. Um, really? He's told us that their pitch hasn't been like relayed since like 1991. So it probably explains <laughs> yeah. why. It's my, like my hip, yeah, my hips definitely felt that. <laughs> yeah. 
And how did you consider the standard of Estonian football? Um, relatively to, let's say, everywhere I've played, there's, it's, there's a lot of like differences here. So like it's the same as in a lot of other leagues where you have the top five or four teams. So in Estonia, you have the Levadia, Tallinn, Baida, Nemekalju that are like, like solid. Like those are pretty good like standards. And then you kind of have a, a drop off in levels where you have like the Narva, Tatalina Kalevs, the whatever with the Viliandis, you know, they're not as good of a club because, you know, they don't have the, they can't entice players to come there with money, with location and a lot of other things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd say like the teams like Flora Tallinn or Levadia are up there and they can compete. But I mean, to really put Estonia on the map, I think it's like any other thing where they have to do well in the UEFA conference leagues and their national team has to do well. And that's where you can get more money, more media attention and bring in better players, improve the quality and then hopefully start selling your players. Would you consider going back and playing there again? Um, not at the minute. I don't really want to go back to Europe right now. I do enjoy my life in North America. There's definitely a big difference in lifestyles to Europe and North America. And in my opinion, I value the lifestyle of North America higher than playing professional football in Estonia. Fair play. Was it at Narva where you started getting the hip problems? Or was that something that you experienced a bit earlier? I, I began having the hip problems just before I was 20. So just about three weeks before I was in Maryham. And I remember the first like 10 games, I literally had like this like super strong tape wrapped around my torso, wrapped around my quad. And then like, like, like across my hip because it was just so painful. It was like my right hip too. So like kicking the ball was just sometimes like impossible, but they're like, you have to play, you have to play. And then there was no MRI done and everyone's like, oh no, this is normal. Like this is, this is like happens in football and, you know, you just have to deal with it. And uh, I was just a young guy. I'm not very intelligent myself in that sense because I didn't do my own research and, you know, take it under my own, into my own hands. But eventually when I did, I found out I had FAI and there was an extra bone growing on my femur and that's why I couldn't turn my hip in. And so, yeah, I needed to have surgery to recorrect it. Would you say that's like hampered your career in some aspects? I would say so. I wouldn't, you can't, you can't blame it. I'm always going to, you know, be responsible for my own actions and my own career. You know, you can't have a victim's mindset, but I'd say it did hamper my career a little bit. And that's where maybe the discussion comes to going to a big club versus a small club. So the big club has all the facilities and all the amenities to give you maybe to even the better doctors, the better people like that while in a smaller club you maybe you have more of an apprentice that's a physio that doesn't have the same knowledge and experience and so he can't give you the best medical advice either how do you deal with like an injury like that like being a professional sportsman it was really hard for me like at the very beginning I was okay you know I was excited like okay I'm gonna get the surgery done like revamp my career like let's go let's get it like this is new new chapter new me um and then this was, I had my surgery in September 2020. I came home in December 2020. And it was still like in Estonia, there was no real COVID yet in that sense. So you can go to the gyms, you can do all that. But when I came home, everything was closed down. So I did a lot of my rehab at home. And it's like pretty tough when you're not getting better. 
and you're just stuck at home because I think we all know that when you stay at home and you don't do much, it, it can be tough mentally. And I think it was more of a mental game than uh, obviously physically. I was just I was just hoping I could play basketball with my friends again. Like that was my goal. Um, and then I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and I heard about stem cells. I don't know if you guys are aware of what stem cells are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, then eventually me and some friends, we drove up about five hours. I paid out of pocket about 10K to get stem cells done into my hip. Um, it still wasn't getting that much better after about three, four weeks. And then Toronto FC called me. And they're like, hey, do you want to come train with us? I was like, yeah, of course. But I need about two weeks because I just had hip surgery a couple months ago. They're like, okay, no problem. A week later, they're like, oh, we need another two weeks because we had a COVID outbreak. I'm like, perfect. I have now an extra two weeks to get ready. <laughs> on that first call, I went on my run. Next day, I went on the run. And I just just worked. Like, eventually, it just kind of, like, worked through it. And I was just like, this is a mind over matter now. And yeah, eventually got better. Was it a relief to get the call from Toronto or...? That was the most, like, I I was the happiest man in the world when I had that call. Like, I was, like, shocked in some senses because I was like, wow, like, this is actually happening. Because in my mind, I was thinking as well, I don't want to go back to Europe yet. Like, I need somewhere where I'm closer to home because I don't know how my hip's going to react. And I'd like to go to, as well, a bigger club where they have the amenities and the good doctors because I don't know how my hip's going to react to it. And it's not just a hip for your career. It's a hip, my, this hip's staying with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> And I need to be aware of that. Um, so, yeah, like getting that call was very, very like amazing for me. How did you stay like mentally stable during that period? I didn't in no, some senses. Yeah. Like it was tough. Like it was, an, it was a roller coaster. Like some, some days, some weeks you're, yeah, like excited and everything's going well. But then some days, some weeks you get the pain and something hits you again. You hit another roadblock and you're like, oh, here we go again. Like it's not getting better. But regardless of whatever pain or whatever my mental mood I was in, I always thought like, okay, I need to get at least an hour to two hours of work in because I'm already up for, I'm going to be awake today for 12 hours. Like I can, if I'm watching a movie for two hours, I can put a work in for two hours. And so that's when like, I couldn't go onto the pitch. I learned how to juggle. I started doing the hand-eye coordination things. I started to, you know, you start to learn about, okay, hip mobility, what exercises work, which ones don't. And it always benefits you in the end because now I found different exercises that will help me and I can translate those exercises to other, other kids that are, let's say, younger. And now if I can help those guys learn about my mistakes that I had and have them already have a little shortcut and get better, then like, that's, that's great as well. You went to Edmonton last season, right? On a loan, Canadian Premier League. Um, how was that for you? It was definitely another very interesting experience. Um, so when I was with Toronto FC, they I was with them in the preseason, and there was talks about some moves happening within the goalkeepers, but nothing came to fruition. And so after my surgery, I played with the second team the year after in 2021 and 2022, I wanted to play men's football because it was the first time, like, uh, still, like it was men's football, still the second team, but I wanted to play in like a Premier League league. FC Edmonton, well, it was March. It was March after when I realized I wasn't going to be with Toronto FC, at least with their first team. So Edmonton didn't have an owner yet or didn't have an owner that year. So they had a, a lack of budget 
and they didn't have a goalkeeper. And that's pretty rare to find in March, about three weeks before season starts. But it was an opportunity for me to go prove who I am and to myself and to the world and another test, you know, whether, but it was, it was very difficult because, you know, there was a lack of budgets there. There was a lot of first year pros, a lot of young guys saying the field wasn't great. City was mediocre in some senses, but, you know, we got through it. Unfortunately, I wanted to do something special there, but it didn't come out. But it is what it is. You know, I want, I'm not, I'm not afraid to go and try and I want to, you know, put myself into the deep end and see if I can swim. You had some good performances there, though, didn't you? I think I watched a couple of your games there and you, you didn't do too badly from what I saw. No, nah, it was, it was decent. But regardless, at the end of the day, we're here for, it's a results-based industry. And if you're finishing last place or you're conceding two or three goals a game, it's, it's tough. It's tough even for us mentally. And when I was there, there's no goalkeeper coach now either. And now there's like trainings aren't as good as we want them. And maybe the coach isn't aligned with what the team wants. And there's difficulties within small things that people don't know about. And it's another just experience that goes into your life and you got to take it how it is. And eventually maybe in a year or two, you'll be grateful for what happened. Yeah. It seems like you've had like the best of both worlds you know, top quality facilities and yeah. a load of crap. And... Yeah, exactly. But now yeah. it's, I'm very, I'm very grateful. Like when I yeah. was at Toronto FC, I was like the happiest guy. Like when I'm going there, I'm going in early. I'm getting my work in, I'm training. I get my breakfast made for me, my lunch made for me. And so I'm like, I don't want to leave. So yeah. I'm doing everything <laughs> I can not to leave. But there's also the guys there that have been through the TFC Academy and then now they're in the first team or let's say in any other Premier League Academy. That's just their normal life. They're just, there's, there's no, there's no, they haven't been through the tough times. So they don't understand how grateful they are. It's like everyone in the world, no one takes in how grateful they are to be like not sick, you know, yeah. but when you're sick, everyone goes, Oh, like I wish I was healthy. And I, I, I wish like I could breathe through my nose. But when you breathe yeah. through your nose again, you just forget about it. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's funny you, you say about the, when you turned up to the trainings that you didn't want to leave and you know, you watch like the inside city stuff on YouTube about Man City and you look at the facilities and you just think, God, yeah, if I was there, I'd be there all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you. And that, but that's a big thing too, is when you go to those big facilities and they have the nice things and now you start staying there longer and a couple of other players stay there longer, you can build a better relationship. Maybe you go and sit and have a coffee in the cafeteria. And now you're talking with your teammates longer and now you have a, relationship with them off the pitch which is going to benefit you on the pitch and that's something maybe that management can think about and how can you implement that into let's say a smaller club can you get like a ping pong table and now people want to hang out longer and play ping pong or billiards or something you know it just it's it's a small things that definitely can make big differences within clubs what is the routine for for a professional footballer then like what time does like training start like when you finished you like actually just go home and that's it or is there like more to it i'd say the routine is pretty 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 standard pretty simple i mean in toronto fc the report time was 10 train at 11 um and then you'd have like a one or two gym sessions but really you're training for about an hour and a half and you're welcome to go home and do whatever you want for me i'd like to go in a bit earlier so i like to like do some hand-eye coordination stuff before training and, you know, get my, my little physical in before training. So now I'm ready to go. 
especially <laughs> when you're at a higher level. Like it's, I, I like doing stuff well because I think it's more fun when you're good at it. Um, so yeah, let's say like we get in for 9.30, have a little breakfast, do your prehab, go for the training session. And then maybe you'll have a video session before the game talking about the opposition. And then after the game, you'll have analysis. But it's really standard. Like what well, an hour and a half of training, go home and you can, you're welcome to do whatever you want. You can go home and sit on your couch for the next 12 hours and whatever, sit on TikTok, you can go to the gym. Like you're, that, that's your responsibilities for the day. But if you want to take it to the next level, yeah, you got to keep putting the work in. Could you show up at like the Toronto facility at like 4 a.m. if you wanted to? And I don't know about 4 a.m., but I did pull up there a couple of times at like, let's say 8.30 p.m., 9 p.m. Because they do have, I think, security from like 5 a.m. to midnight or something. So or like it's in North Shopping, they had um, they had the, the fob, the keys. And they had the indoor facility. So sometimes I'd pull up there pretty late and just go and open. Like they had a little indoor pitch and I could just like work on my passing. And they had a little small gym and just go work by myself because what else am I doing? <laughs> like if I'm not, if I'm not getting better, like I'm, if I'm watching a movie, it's like, well, let's just go live the movie in real life and pretend I'm like a video game character and improve my skills. <laughs> You're a free agent now. Right. Is there... Is there a goal to keep playing or because you're only 26, um, aren't you? Yeah. Well, like I've had a couple offers this offseason. I had offers within domestically within Canada and then abroad in Europe. But there was no offers that I saw that was worth taking at the minute. You know, whether that's financially or as like a position within the club you know, at a good club because I am 26 now. I'm not, like, at 21, 22, it's the same as if, like, you're a university student. You can go live with your six roommates and, you know, live like, eat, like, crap and just, like, work hard and, you know, go through the tough times. Now at 26, you're a bit of an older guy. You got to start thinking about your future and your career. And I'm not thinking of myself as Andreas Beikla, the soccer player. It's Andreas Beikla, the, the, like, the, the person. And what does that person want to be? When I had my surgery and after my surgery, I had a pretty big realization that, you know, your identity isn't just based on your football career. It's who you are as a person. And I found that I can provide a lot of value in other ways. And so right now I'm just coaching. I'm not saying that I never want to play. I can't, I'm retiring. I never said that I've retired, but it had, the right offer has to come along for me to decide to play again. Yeah. Do you keep like an eye on as well with with the next World Cup? Like in, in the back of your head, are you thinking like maybe 2026 Canada World Cup? Maybe I can try and get there or? That was a goal of mine for sure. Um, I can't like it's not like a huge. It's not like, oh, like this is like the, the top goal for me. If it happens, amazing. If the right opportunities come, great. But I can't just. Like my my dream is to be financially free and provide the most value into the world. And if that comes as being a player and motivating people from having a surgery, not doing well, maybe taking some time off football and then making it to a World Cup, like that's a great story. And then I can inspire some kids. Or is it going to 
coach these kids at these young ages and give them the experience that I didn't have at 12 to 16. And now they have all the knowledge that I'd have and I'm giving that to them. And now they can go on and fulfill their potentials. So right now it's more the latter, but I'm not not close to anything. I still play. I've like the past three days, I played three games. And in my opinion, right now is the best football I've ever playing in my entire life. But Someone has to see that value and I have to get a return on that value too. And if that doesn't come, like, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not very, but it, it has to be a, an equal, like, return in value for me. If you could go back then 10 years, you just signed for West, well, not go back 10 years. If you would have, could see how your career panned out and you could have changed anything, would you have changed anything? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I think you have to, if you don't, then it's, and in some senses, like in some senses, I wouldn't because I've gone through all these mistakes and now I'm where I am today. And I can now give this information and then value information back to the people. Let's say that I'm coaching now and say, don't do this or do this. Because when you do the right decisions, you don't analyze what you did right or wrong sometimes. And so I can't completely say that. But if I'm looking at it just as a football career, then, yeah, there was definitely a lot of things I could have done better. And I think a big one was... um while I was in North Shopping, I had uh, I had an offer where Atlanta wanted to buy me, um, but through whatever an agent and some bad communication, the deal fell through. And then, as me as a 19 year old, I had an ego where I wanted to play games, especially after I was dropped. And so there was also issues within the sporting manager there, where like when you're under 23 years old, actually, you can still demand money for the player. So I think at that time they could demand like a hundred thousand dollars for me or something. And so they are demanding like the maximums, whatever, if it's like that plus sell on fees and all that. And that like threw a lot of clubs off because like they don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a 19 year old goalkeeper who hasn't played in four months. And I think a big issue for me as well is when I look at what happened is everyone looks at, looked at me as an end product wherever I went at 19. Yeah. My kicking wasn't not good because obviously I didn't kick the ball until I was like 16 like I didn't know how like really so I had to learn but if a coach looks at me and goes okay well we have a 19 year old six foot five goalkeeper who just made his national team debut he's a great shot stopper he has these qualities can we work on this other things like maybe 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 we can take him in but I think people looked at people look at a lot of people as end products and I think that's the wrong perception and that's where I want to be a coach and you know change that perception on people and help those kids no yeah fair enough that's quite nicely put actually we'll move on then to so we end like i said before we start speaking we end with um some quick fire questions Mm -hmm. um we ask you some questions first thing that comes to your head say there's it's nothing personal nothing offensive nothing like that yeah sounds good i'm an open open book yeah (laughs) (laughs) so this was the first one might be a bit I'm not sure how familiar you are with like Estonian football in general with like the players and stuff. So the first one is if you could play with one player in the Estonian leagues, who would it be? At the minute in the Estonian league? Yeah. Or past. Like, is it, do I want someone on my team to win a game? Yeah. Oh, I want, I have to have, I have to have Klavan. I have to. Yeah. Good choice. Did you play with him in the national team? Was he, was he in the team or? Yeah, 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 yeah. We played together. Yeah. Really good guy. Great guy. 
nice. We're, we're, we're trying to get him on here, but it's a stumbling block. <laughs> no, for sure. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a pretty busy guy as well. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to keep trying, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I'll put a good word in. Oh, thanks. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you think is the best player in the world currently? Currently, the best player in the world has to be Mbappe. Mbappe? Not Haaland? No, I'm going with Mbappe. I think he can do everything. Ronaldo, it's like Mbappe is more like a Messi where he can just kind of take over a team. I think Haaland needs a team around him to be excellent. Were you a Messi or Ronaldo fan, was it? I'm, I'm a Ronaldo fan. Maybe okay. I'm a bit biased too because I'm a United fan. Okay. But I, like Messi is still the GOAT for me in that sense. Okay. Cool. <laughs> What's your go-to snack? My go-to snack, probably either a protein shake or some fruit. Do you have a favorite fruit? Mangoes and avocados. I, I guess avocado would be a fruit, wouldn't it? I never yeah, thought of it as a fruit, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, avocado <laughs> toast and eggs is yeah. like the morning. Every day in my, my morning starts with that. I hate avocados. <laughs> <laughs> but it's today we are. Uh, Perfect work for me. <laughs> exactly if you were to be transformed into an animal what would it be and why a lion because you don't a lion just sleeps and then he just works hard for about let's say an hour or two gets his meal and then he just hangs out no stresses he's like he can sleep wherever he wants because he knows that no one's messing with him yeah. <laughs> and he gets a, and he lives in warm climates yeah <laughs> and that's the goal we live in a goal live in a warm climate yeah I suppose you've you, you've been unlucky, really. You know, having the Estonian Canadian, unlucky. yeah. And that's why when I go to the warm climate, I'm going to be very grateful every single day of my life. <laughs> um, if you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? One song. <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. I got to think about that one. Gotta be something with Drake, probably though. No. Probably. <laughs> but I can't tell you which one yet. Maybe okay. like uh maybe like a sticky or something. Okay. Fair enough. I'm gonna say I don't like Drake either. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Uh would you rather travel to the past or the future? The future. Future. Why is the that? Future. Because then I know what's going to happen. And now I like... can make educated, you know, um, moves for what I'm going to do to see what, how I can prepare myself best for the, what's going to happen. Would you like to like go as far ahead as like to know when the exact day you'll die or just enough to know for like 10 years or so? I'd say like, oh, we're talking about my life. Then maybe I'd want to go back, to, back into the past and kind of see what's going to happen because I want to then uh, if I go back into the past I have the understanding of what's going to happen in, in the future you okay. know what I mean yeah yeah um, what would you choose as your last meal on earth probably some steak and fries and a Caesar salad oh I love Caesar salad yeah, yeah. there we yeah. go found some there similarities go. yeah that's it <laughs> literally, literally, literally just one today, one. Didn't we? yeah yeah <laughs> 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 how much does the amount of traffic affect your mood like you mean traffic on the road yes yeah oh i hate it I hate traffic 
stop stand still traffic i'll like sometimes when like we actually stop on a highway i'll just start yelling and i'm just like why am i yelling at why am i yelling in my own little box <laughs> like even i would rather travel like a little bit longer but like just drive rather than yeah. like be in the standstill traffic you know what i mean but now it's like when i now it's a bit more commuting because i am doing more things so it's less music and more podcasts and audiobooks so Does that, that comes does it calm yeah. you a bit more? Because you kind of like take your like brain outside of what's actually happening in reality and you can like actually just like learn something. Yeah. Or I just listen to nothing and I think about my own thoughts and now I can just think. Sometimes a bit dangerous listening to your own thoughts. Yeah, for <laughs> when sure. When stuck in traffic, you... yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> if, you can do it, if you can do it then, you can do it whenever. That's it. If you can control your thoughts then. <laughs> um, what, what would you say is your worst habit? My worst habit? staying up late sometimes that's a really tough one for me waking up early i think it definitely is something affecting with the, the weather as well so when i was in uh, south africa in december i was going to bed every day at like 10 p.m and waking up at like 6 a.m or 5 30 and it was naturally and it was the most beautiful thing in the world and i'm like i love this but now you come home to canada and it's zero degrees and it's dark outside and you're just like yep i'm staying up till like 3 a.m and i'm just not tired so just having that discipline to go to bed early is sometimes. Who's the best player you've played with? Played with? Probably someone, I mean, quality-wise? Yeah, well, yeah. How, how you'd rate it, like? Quality-wise would probably have to be, oh, Siad Haksabanovic. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. What a player. Unreal. Yeah. Top quality player. Both feet just hits the ball so hard super shifty great dribbler like fast player and i can see why he's at celtic now yeah i had him in my our svenskan fantasy team then he left about two weeks later <laughs> and i was so disappointed <laughs> <laughs> um who's who's the best player you've played against um probably paul pogba nice yeah that was definitely a full circle moment to play against he was like my favorite player at the time too yeah what well, was so, that with cool. who was that with uh christian soon we played them in a friendly so oh, yeah. Gunnar Solskjaer is from christian soon the city that we were in so even when i was there like when you walk around the streets because he was the coach from molde and that's actually holland was there too in molde so we played against him a couple times when he was like 17 but uh, yeah, you just saw Oleg all the time. And then once he became the United gaffer, it was like, oh, it's Oleg now. You know, it's not Oleg the Molden manager. It's Oleg the Man United manager. Different uh, different perception, same guy. Yeah. When you played against Haaland, did you feel like, did you know that? I didn't that play. Was... I was on the bench, unfortunately. Ah. But you, you, could, you could see that this guy was different gravy. Yeah. Like diff at 17, like he was an absolute monster. And then he went to uh, was it Salzburg and just destroyed yeah. it. But uh, our goalkeeper Sean McDermott, he he stood on his head every single time against them. Oh really? Yeah, like I'm, I'm I, that guy should definitely drop like a highlight tape of just making like seven saves on Holland. <laughs> should you please do? That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a favorite word? A favorite word. Yeah, English, Estonian, whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have a favorite word yet. No, I don't. 
Um, Do you yeah, have like a go to, like a go to saying or something? Um, I have a favorite quote. I have a couple of favorite quotes. Yeah. So one of them is, "As the body without the spirit, faith without works is dead." That was from the Bible. So it's like, "As the body without the spirit, if I'm doing, if I'm not doing what I love, then my spirit's dead. Faith without works is dead. Then if I believe in something but I don't work hard, then it's irrelevant what I believe in because I'm not working hard towards it. So you put them together. I need to do something I love, and I need to work hard at it. And like that's kind of like your life, in my opinion. And the second one is." Um, a mad genius isn't a man that walks a thousand roads, but walks one road a thousand ways. So it's like taking the, instead of walking a thousand places, you can get the perspective of everybody else. And actually, instead of, because in my opinion, everyone has a delusional view of the world, but if you can get as many perspectives as possible on the world, then now you can have a more 360 degree view of what's actually happening. Yeah. Beats mine, favorite. Mine literally shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be sat at work and I might I, 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 I like I like that one more. I like yeah. that one more. <laughs> Just it show up to work. Yeah, yeah, shit happens. Yeah. Shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe living the dream. That's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah living yeah. the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but not then you got to counter that. Yeah, you got to yeah. counter that to it's not my dream. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, we are fortunate. We there are people worse off, in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. always got to be grateful. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But anyway, that 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 wraps it up. Thank thank you for your time today. Um, it, it's been yeah, great having you. Yeah, a great chat, guys. Really yeah, appreciate pro- it having yeah. me on. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, we've been following your career for a couple of years. Um, so yeah, appreciate we actually got to speak with you. So yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, appreciate you guys, you know, taking interest into me. You know, I think that's something that's really, you know, helped. Like, it's very nice of you guys in some senses. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not weird. We promise. It's awesome. It's awesome. These yeah, are the we... things that these are things that like when you're a footballer and people follow you're like okay well now now people are watching me people are interested yeah. in me like okay like let's go work harder let's let's do something special yeah so yeah we message we message players and then sometimes it's like are we coming across as weird are we not coming across as weird so yeah it's nice to like yeah no without yeah. without you guys without you guys like the game doesn't exist like there's no yeah. like it's the same thing like you guys are the guys that are, like are like the the twelfth man off the off the pitch you know and so. Yeah, yeah. You guys get you guys don't get the uh, the credit you guys deserve, but you know it's when you do. It's like I, I, I at least I see it. Yeah, nice <laughs> one. Appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. Anyway, thanks a lot for coming on. Really appreciate right. it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. E- easy. <laughs>